Snap. Three snaps in a Z formation. Work. They did it. You made it happen. Here we are together. Making it. For you, dear listener. For you, dear listener. So good. So good. I'm Emily. I'm Lady. And I'm Natalie. And this is You You Made Made It, It, a Goggleworks podcast. You Made It is a podcast exploring the living history of creative communities, artists, makers, and the things that they make. In partnership with Pagoda City Studios, we come to you from Goggleworks, one of the largest art centers in the country and a former goggle factory in downtown Reading, PA. Welcome back to another episode of You Made It. We're here in the studio, me, Emily, Natalie. Hey, ladies. Yes, we are. What's up? What's up? What's up? Hello. How are we doing? I feel great. It's a nice, crisp September day outside. You got your autumnal colors on. Coordinating sweater and socks. Proud Beautiful. of you. Thank you so much. You're yeah. like exuding pumpkin spice. Yeah. It's all pumpkins from here on out. Exuding? I, will not, I have to say the word pumpkin at least 12 times a day until the end of October. It's mandatory. Yeah. Pumpkin Palooza. Pumpkin Palooza. Pumpkin Palooza. It might be after that. But we had a great event. We had a great event. It was <laughs> yeah, wonderful. I'm, I'm expecting it to have gone swimmingly. <laughs> so um, much fun. <laughs> present us referring to past event, which is still in the future. Yes. Yes. Wonderful. Take that, listeners. <laughs> Time travel is real. Who are we expecting today, Miss Emily? Thank you, lady. Yes. So today we're here with Sharon McGinley, who's one of our studio artists. She's an illustrator, a painter, a friend, a lover, a mural (laughs) artist. And uh, we are so excited to talk with you. Sharon the lover. You made it. Welcome. I've been waiting. We've had her waiting for ages. I will say, when we were putting this podcast together, you are one of the artists that we were like, oh, we have to get Sharon in as one of our top guests, one of our first ones. Yeah. So we are so excited to have you here in yeah. the studio. Yes. Very exciting. Mm. Welcome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been at Gogworks since it opened in 2005. And uh, I think I moved my studio three or four times <laughs> in that time. <laughs> And now I'm in a very small studio, which is uh, sufficient for now, but don't know where. You know, I'm feeling the need to enlarge my space again, so we'll see what happens. Where did you get started in your art career? I think I've been drawing and painting since I can remember. My mother gave me an oil painting set when I was about eight years old. Oil painting? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So uh, she wouldn't make that mistake again, though, because <laughs> I kind of painted other things. <laughs> but, but she was very influential in my life. She was uh, she loved to decorate things, paint things. I'd come home from school, and she'd have different things painted hanging in my room and paint the furniture and things like that. So I, I sort of had that influence in my life. I don't think I became serious about painting, even though I went to Kutztown for a degree in art ed and taught for two years. But while I was at Kutztown, I used to do, I had these sketchbooks full of little drawings that I never did anything with. And uh, Rosemary Sloat, she was a wonderful professor. She told me I should do something with these. So I didn't know what to do. And I didn't do anything with them till much later when I was uh, looking into Pennsylvania Dutch art 
like the Froctor drawings. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and then I started to do some of those Froctors, but it was like not wide enough for me. So I like put my work into the Froctor things. And one of the first things I did was a portrait of the artist with God in the universe. Mm. No small feet. <laughs> <laughs> it sold right away. Wow. And so then I thought, well, that's a good omen. So I just started to do that. And all my old work from then was I used to get paper and stain it to look old. Like mm. it was, uh, you know, that sort of brown sepia color. I would stain it with coffee and tea and things like that. And so then that led into, that was when I lived in Gainesville, Florida. And that led into meeting John Check, who was a professor at the university and a writer and teacher of English. And, and we uh, got together and it took a while, but we, we uh, did a children's book together. And then we did two more. And then my editor hooked me up with some other uh, writers and so all together I did about 13 books I think you know Whoa. so you illustrated for stories yeah for John's stories mm -hmm. three I did three books with John John check does one of them stand out as like a favorite or the one that you have the most connection to or attachment to well, the first one we did was uh, my grandmother's journey and it was about his mother-in-law who grew up and lived in Russia. And it was an amazing story about her life. It was during the war, and she and her husband, uh, like, were trying to escape the war, and they were in the woods, and they had a baby, and they found a house that they could uh, shelter in for a while. And um, the woman who, who lived in the house said, you know, you, sh you could give us your daughter and we would raise her safely but they didn't want to do that they took her with them and they made it uh and then as they were as the war was ending and the nazis were retreating they captured them and they became slaves to the nazis for a while but um she um she often said she would look at her feet and she would say i've walked across the world with these feet and so john took that phrase and created this story of her life Wow. And uh, and I got to illustrate it. And I got to meet her. She wow. was amazing. Yeah. Wow. Amazing woman. Oh, my gosh. So um, it was hard to beat that, you know, because yeah. it was such a true story. Yeah. Uh, but I had fun with the other books, too. Yeah. And I got hooked on this book, uh, Pigs Will Be Pigs. And that ended up being an, an eight-book series with the crazy pig family. <laughs> <laughs> So I had fun with that because I used to dress Mama Pig up in all these oh. fancy outfits and things. So, <laughs> in the meantime, I was doing my regular artwork, and uh, I I did a lot of shows in that time, exhibits and some outdoor shows too. It does seem like a lot of your work. So we sell a lot of Sharon's work in our gift shop, the new store at Goggle Works, and. Um, it's hard for people to walk by and not take a second look because the narrative, I feel, is so, it's so forthcoming. And um, I wonder, does that come from, like, your experience as an illustrator and having that background in drawing and painting for a story? Or did that come beforehand when you just have some sort of, you know, story in your mind and that's where the painting stems from? That, ha you know, there's no one answer for that. Right. <laughs> because... Um, 
Well, like I remember once I was putting wood on the fire at, at our house and uh, it was a winter morning and I looked up at the wall and there was a shadow on the wall. And I thought, that looks like a bear standing upright. So I thought, I got to do something with that someday. And it took a few years and it kept pounding me, you know. And uh, and I ended up doing this painting called When You Go Down in the Woods Today. And it was like three bears going through the woods. And one bear had a guitar on his back. That was uh, my husband, Dan. <laughs> and there were these three maidens swimming naked in a pond. And they it was like there were three red chairs set up by the pond, you know, as if they were expecting the bears to come. <laughs> and I made up this whole story in my mind about the bears, like how this bear saw these ladies and really liked them. So he <laughs> called his cousins and they came in and they thought they would go meet these women. And there's all this jungle stuff going on sure. around them because, uh, you know, I love, like I paint a lot of snakes. I love snakes, but I love them mostly because they, you can move them and wiggle them and into all kinds of spaces and everything. And also because they represent long life, eternal life, I guess, in some cultures, and wisdom. But um, they get a bad rep with the Bible stories. (laughs) And the Bible's also been an influence in my work, too. At Goggle Works, the first big opening we had, it was Black History Month, and we had all these quilts hanging up that were uh, African-influenced quilts. And the people, the choir from across the street from Zion mm. uh, Baptist Church came over and sang gospel music. And it was like the whole place was energetically alive mm. with this. And uh, Sue B. Beck was there. And I said, oh, yeah, I got to take pictures of this. Mm-hmm. You know? So she started taking pictures of it and, and gave me the pictures. And uh, I did a huge painting called uh with with all these people singing you know i i made this sort of uh collage but it was painted of these people and the musicians and the quilts behind it and and this little boy came in to my studio when i was painting and he said oh he said they're singing to jesus and i said oh that's the name of this painting you know <laughs> so um so that was very influential and uh, a good omen, I think. You know, I just it sort of I just sort of sank into it. So it's whatever is happening with me. Like I was listening to the radio one day, and there was a song on called "Give the Devil Back His Heart," and I thought, oh, "That's a painting. Yeah. <laughs> that's a painting." I think for we sure. have that card in the store right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's they come from all kinds of places. So what I love to hear is that you know with the the bear story, the shadow of the bear that, you know, it kept pounding you for years. It did. Right? You didn't do anything with it for years because it wasn't ready. Like it hadn't, it hadn't fully arrived into your limbs to be able to put onto a canvas. Mm-hmm. And it took all of that time to gestate. Yeah. And I think part of the process, especially for folks who are new to a art form is like, I want to get it. Mm-hmm. I want to get it right now. And I want to know how to make use of right. this inspiration or these ideas that I have. And to hear you speak and that it's the process can be years. Yeah. And you have to make that mental note, create that bookmark that you can refer back to. But then it's also like you forget about it. You move past it and mm-hmm. it didn't go anywhere. It's still there. Um, so I'm curious what... What are those little pieces of inspiration that you're 
you're gleaning or picking up right now that we might not see for a few years, if you're willing to share. Is there anything in this moment that is inspiring you, but it hasn't found its way to a canvas yet? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Three podcasters sitting behind microphones (laughs) five years from now. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. The bears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I... A lot of my interest now is sort of in birth and death and the cycle of life, Mm. that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. and nature. So I've also done some three-dimensional things that uh, I did this series with ironing boards, old wooden ironing boards that I made into goddesses. And uh, I'm still working on that in my head. And I have one actually started with wings on it and there's a there's a desire in me for a while I painted portraits when I was younger not traditional portraits but uh, sort of capturing the essence of the person I think you know kind of caricatures but more developed than that and I I'm I'm leaning towards doing that again Mm. too so I have that because people's faces are very interesting to me you know and I love to watch people I'm a people watcher, so <laughs> so it's it's open. It's just an energetic thing, you know. You mentioned you lived in Gainesville for a time. I know you also lived in Alaska. I did. Lots of bears, real bears. <laughs> Lots of real bears there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I assume you were painting throughout all the different states that you've lived in. So that's just like part of who you are. But how did living in Florida and Alaska did it change your work at all, or influence you in a different way? Make you draw more snakes and alligators in there. (laughs) Yeah, well, interesting. Well, when I lived in Florida, a lot of my paintings had to do with water and boats. And uh, like there was one painting in particular. I I put my people on a boat. Well, lots of times it was me and my first husband. And it was called Looking for Watermelon on the Night of the Full Moon. And because I figured watermelon would be growing in the water. So I had all these watermelon (laughs) in the water with alligators and, and a picnic lunch on the boat, that kind of thing. And when I got to Alaska, I sort of used the same theme, but I made the boats turned into sleds. Oh, okay. You know, and storytelling became really important to me up there because the Native uh, Americans there had lots of stories. And then I was doing a lot of things with uh, women's groups and spiritual, women's spirituality. So there were a lot of feminine subjects with storytellers. And I did a one called the Northern Lights, where I had two huge angels uh, with two jump ropes with candles on them. <laughs> And that called that the Northern Lights, awesome. but um, so it what yeah it did affect me a lot, and also the beautiful art from the Northwest Native Americans, you know, and the symbols of their stories like ravens. Ravens are very influential tricksters and teachers, and so I got a lot of le- ravens in my art. Then, do you think of yourself as a trickster? Mm, <laughs> I can be. <laughs> Sometimes on purpose. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's really interesting. Symbolism is obviously a really huge component in most right. artists, you know, journeys. But I'm, I was really interested in like myths growing up. Like I was really interested in like Greek mythology and things like that. And so those things kind of have a magical component for me. And I really get that feeling from your work. Like mm-hmm. it really is transcending. Mm-hmm. And um, you like the use of color, they're so vibrant and it just makes you want to 
understand what the story is. And I, um, it is really, I do find it quite magical. I don't know. I really mm-hmm. do enjoy your, your work. I agree with the magical description of, yeah. of your work. Well, when I first started with these uh, early works, I didn't have a lot of color. I, I wanted it to look really old and mm. sort. But then when I moved to Florida, and I, I mean, Florida's like sunshine almost every day, you know, so the bright colors really started to happen there. Yeah, I guess that was part of my question. I had I had that written down. Like, what does color mean to you kind of, and do the colors symbolize different things for you, or is it kind of just what looks good together, or maybe it's a little bit of both, but... You know, it's yeah. just... <laughs> mm-hmm. Whatever you have. It's just what happens. Yeah. No, and that's you know, cool, yeah. I know available. some people are, artists are so, you know, they understand color and uh, what it does and what works together, mm-hmm. but I just, you know, I just do it. Kind of. Sure. I don't know. I'm not. I'm no. not really trained in color theory that much. Sure. I just kind of do it. Cool. Know? I love that. Well, it works. Yeah. yeah, it does work. Yeah. yeah. I uh, think there's a fun quality to that. Sharon, I'm a sucker for new vocab words. So you use the word fractors. Oh yeah, fractors. Is that like a Pennsylvania Dutch word? What yeah, is that? Yeah, f r a c t u r s. I think fractors. Uh, t u r s. They were certificates of births and uh, marriages and things like that that itinerant artists used to make, usually school teachers. Okay. Um, like in Pennsylvania Dutch, uh, like in Germany, they started in Germany and did it here. And they're very— um, Very hex sign. Yeah, in that— realm you yeah know, but I, I i know pennsylvania still does it for marriage certificates we have like really ornate beautiful yeah, marriage mm-hmm, certificates mm-hmm. and they have these fractors yeah and i used to do them sometimes too i think that's a cool quality that of pennsylvania dutch art um it is pretty colorful and complex i think a lot of the time and if Geometric. it's not just yeah yeah, yeah. It makes me think of fractals, right? Like the kind of fracturing oh, oh, of, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, some of it does almost seem collage-like like, or mosaic-like maybe even, like mm. different pieces coming together. But mm. yeah, it's interesting. It's the sure. same kind of imagery that you would see on some of the decorated furniture too. Yeah, mm. yeah, which is a huge thing in Pennsylvania but, for sure. Yeah. You know, cause, and they had angels that look like not the angels that are real fluffy and cute, hmm. but they had really substantial angels in some <laughs> of them. I thought, I can relate to that. So. so you grew up here in this area? Yeah, I grew up in uh, Geiger Town. Okay. Yeah. And you lived a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Massachusetts, New York, Alaska, Florida. And then you came back here? I did. Was that a choice? It was a choice. Okay. <laughs> And what brought you back? Like, what is it about this place that... Well, the the main thing was I fell in love. Mm. <laughs> That'll do it. Um, That'll and do it. Um, <laughs> he wasn't moving. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved back here. And uh, it, I was glad that to move back here because I had friends here. And, uh, and my mother was still here. Mm. And I got to spend a lot of time with her before she passed. And my brother. And, you know, it was like when I was born here, I didn't have a choice, you know. Mm. But th- but when I left and lived life away from here for quite a while, I didn't move back till I was 50. It was a choice. And uh, was glad. It's a good choice, I think. Yeah. You mentioned you were the 
with us as Goggleworks since we opened 2005. You've always been a studio artist here. That's amazing. Uh, so I hear, assume you like heard about Goggleworks being formed and you applied at that time or how did you get <gasps> oh, to know about Oh, that was very exciting. I, um, I saw this little, I don't even get the paper. I wasn't even getting the paper, but somehow I got a copy of the Reading Eagle and I saw this article in that Goggleworks was happening and they were, you know, accepting applications from artists. And uh, I told my friend Liz about it. And uh, I called up and we made an appointment and we came up and... <laughs> I just saw Carson. Remember Carson? She was like one of the administrators then. And mm-hmm. I walked in and she had, well, that was later after we got accepted. But I mean, she was wearing a hard hat and like eight months pregnant or something like that. Whoa. And the studios didn't even have walls. We just walked around and looked at windows and picked out a place then, you know. Wow. But how we got in, we brought our work up, Liz and I, and... Uh, Diane, the original director of Goggleworks, was here. LaBelle? Yeah, Diane LaBelle and Carson. And I brought some work in and showed showed my work, and they nodded. And then we went out to the car and opened up the trunk, and they looked at more. It was so, it was so easy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think we had to fill out something, but we got in, you know, and it was like— uh, was great and then and then we all showed up people showed up to to be taken around and pick out your studio what was available and uh gene burkhart was here then and all these other people i mean it was just it was uh, chaotic and wonderful and uh very <laughs> exciting yeah. <laughs> <Chaos. laughs> yeah it was very exciting you know that must be cool to have seen all the transformations. Yeah, and then the opening, I think it was September 5th, 2005. The building was, I was in on the third floor, and Liz had a studio right underneath me, and there was a hole in the floor, so we used to pass <laughs> notes back and forth. Uh, there were so many people in the hall, you couldn't walk through. Wow. And I locked myself out of my studio. <laughs> And so I stood outside my studio and explained my art to people in the hall. <laughs> anyway, it was great fun. Very exciting you yeah. know, time. Well, you've seen a lot of transformation both within these four walls, but also in the city. So I'm curious, you know, as Reading continues to find its identity now versus what it was before, like, what do you, what do you think of the progress that we're making as a community, you know, within and without arts and, and where Reading is and what you envision for the future for this area? Oh, I like to envision Reading as a really vital place, mm-hmm. you know, with lots of art and uh, a train, yeah. Yeah. a passenger train and buses again that you can... And I, I imagine a lot of people moving into this area, you know, because it'll be easier to get to... Hop on the train and get to Philly or New York, wherever you need to go. And I grew up with the train system was intact, and I loved taking the train. I, I lived in Boston for a while. I used to take the train from Boston to Philly, and when I lived in Florida, I'd get, like, sleepers and come up to Pennsylvania. We'd be driving through, we'd be riding on the train through Washington in the morning. You'd see the sun coming up over Washington, D.C., and you could sit in these... Uh, dining cars with the tablecloths and yeah. and have somebody sit across from you that you didn't know and you'd have these conversations and it was uh, it just felt like a more connected time in a way. 
And, I mean, I see things happening around Reading, too, you know, like, there is that wonderful thing about uh, farmer's markets again and uh, little stores uh, that are about creative things, you Mm -hmm. know, people making just simple things like soaps and, and offering services and things like that. And I just think it's really necessary for people to talk to each other, you know. I like looking at people a lot, and sometimes you catch their eyes, you know, and you have this recognition that you're related, you know, (laughs) and you never saw each other before, but you're like from the same source. I think it's, I think things are going to be good, you Mm. know, I have to believe that, you know. I love the way you just phrase that, that you see in perfect strangers this recognition and that phrase like you're from the same source. Mm -hmm. It's like when we meet kindred spirits Mm -hmm. and we just know that there's that connection there. But I've never heard it put that way of from the same source. And I think that's really pretty. I think that's one of the things about walking into Gaga Works and having artist meetings, which were very funny sometimes. (laughs) Um, But you felt like you've I felt like I found my tribe, sort of, you know. That's yeah. has your has your art ever taken you to any unexpected places, like physical or emotional? Oh yeah, sure. Well, when my mother, when well, I guess it was when my father died, I did a kind of a series of maybe three or four paintings about that. Remember one was a self-portrait of me sort of laid out in a coffin with like flowers over me and said bon voyage on it. And so it was like the beginning of looking at my own uh, mortality in a more serious way after my dad died. And then a lot of my paintings, they look really happy, but they really are about uh, death. (laughs) (laughs) About the transition or the how fleeting this time is that we're here, you know. And that, you know, right, and at this point in my life, I really believe that uh, life continues on forever, you know. It just takes different forms. But, um, so when my mother died, I did another painting of, I I was very sad then, I was weeping. And my cat also died at a, oh. around the same time. So I have a portrait of myself with my cat and then all these ancestors above me, like, looking down and smiling and and this huge angel with her arms wrapped around everything and then my mother's like soaring up into the sky anyway if you live long enough death finds you you know and sometimes you don't have to live very long for it to find you so I, a lot of my um thoughts now are about what's next you know in the next life because i'm you know i'm in my 70s so a lot of my friends are ill and dying, and a lot of my friends have died. My my family, uh, I don't have too many people left in my family anymore, my immediate family. So my husband passed two years ago, so that was a big transition for me. It's still exciting, though, you know? Yeah. It's pretty exciting. Thank you for sharing all that. Yeah. And being so vulnerable with us. I was just telling Emily earlier, last night I went to um, what's called a death cafe. So it's an opportunity for people to just come together and talk about the topics of dying and death. And it was really wonderful. I was the only man there, um, which I thought was kind of shocking. And I was one of the youngest people there. Um, But I think it's such an important topic. And I think art is 
definitely a way in to talk or think about so many things that are challenging, right? That's part of why art exists, is to tell us these stories in a way that's easier to digest or understand. Um, But for you to talk so freely and openly about that, thank you. Um, But I also think, you know, it's it's a really important part of everybody's life that nobody's going to escape. And so... Yeah, as challenging as it is, it's relatable. Yeah. And you said, you know, if you live long enough, you're going to encounter... If you live, you're going to encounter death too, right? So... I I am really grateful to you for bringing that up because it's it's important for us to like check in honestly about yeah. that and know that there are people, artists especially, who are very capable of having those conversations because as artists we ruminate and we think and we mm-hmm. dream and we're inspired by shadows on the walls, right? And yeah. so, yeah, thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Anything else for Miss Sharon? Any other... Burning questions. <laughs> um, I, I have to ask because I'm going to ask every single guest that we have on the show. Okay. Do you have a favorite joke? Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay if you don't. It's really okay. Yeah, I don't know if I have one in my back pocket. <sighs> no. <laughs> that was a good one. Well, that was a good one. Classic. <laughs> uh, that was good enough for me. <laughs> Sharon McGinley, oh, no. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for setting an alarm to tell us when we're done. It's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's really... It's actually really oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, nice yeah. outro. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I turned it off. You're no, okay. it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah. No, this is a great chat. I feel like we definitely... Obviously, we see each other around the building a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there's that, like... Passing by, hi, hello. But this was really, yeah, insightful, and it's really nice to get to know you this way. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Find Sharon at Goggleworks. Yeah, fine. Are you on social media at all? Website? Yeah, where can folks yeah. find you or see your work? Ah, oh. looks like you have an Instagram. Your last post was August 2018. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> What's That's the handle? Something. It is at McGinley dot Sharon. Nice. There we go. Nice. See, I'm a little. <laughs> Unfamiliar with social media. Yeah. It's just fine. Yeah. Come on down to Goggleworks, Studio 323. Yep. Visit with Sharon. If yeah. I'm not there, leave me a note. Yeah. <laughs> Pass it through the floor. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, beautiful. Thank you, Sharon. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. you. Thank you. Yeah. It was great. Alrighty, guys. This has been another episode of You Made It. Um, we'll see you next time with a new guest. Stay tuned. It's been Natalie. This has been Emily. This is Lady. And our lovely guest, Sharon. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Hey, listener. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We're so glad that you can make it. Catch us next time on Spotify. Make sure to hit the follow button so you know when our next episode is posted. A huge thanks to Jay at Pagoda City Records, Goggleworks, and all you people making stuff. Keep doing your thing. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. On Friday, November 11, 2022, Goggleworks Center for the Arts is thrilled to bring you a bit of Broadway with a very special event in the Albert and Eunice Boscoff Theater as we present Tony-nominated and award-winning Broadway writer and director Bill Russell in his biographical cabaret performance, My Side of the Show. 
We all love to hear the juicy, behind-the-scenes stories and backstage shenanigans that come along with live performance, and Mr. Russell will draw back the curtain and share his story about the making and sometimes heartbreaking climb to success with his critically acclaimed musical, Sideshow. As Russell spins his showbiz tales, a talented troupe from Genesius Theater will sing selections from this highly touted musical, too. This is sure to be a delightful evening of entertainment as Bill Russell tells it like it is, like only a Broadway playwright can. Don't miss it. Seating is general admission and tickets are only $25. Reserve now by visiting goggleworks.org backslash theater.